Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Train, Lead, Grow podcast. As always, this is your host, David Macon, and this is season one, episode four. And I want to thank you for listening and also remind you, hey, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your podcast player of choice so you never miss an episode. In today's episode, we are talking about recalibrating in the wake of COVID-19, and let's dive right in. So before we dive into today's topic, I want to start by saying, in general, we haven't put out a lot of content around COVID-19. And and part of the reason is, if your inbox is anything like my inbox or my LinkedIn feed, that's all I was seeing for months and months and months. And so we didn't want to just be, you know, noise when there are already so many great companies and people putting out awesome advice. And so we kind of focused on, you know, what we do best and, and kind of stuck to that. But more and more, I've, I've had people reaching out to me. And, and in fact, on social media, we posted uh, just a while back a community question about what are your biggest pain points in L&D right now? And one of the responses that we got uh, a lot, right, there are a lot of things that, that people mentioned. But one of the things that really rose to the top were people saying, hey, our organization hastily transitioned our learning to virtual and digital. And really what that led to was a lot of incomplete learning solutions and unrealistic expectations. And for a lot of organizations, the thought was, hey, we'll do this for a couple months and we'll just bounce right back to what we were doing before. That really hasn't been the case. And so with that in mind, we want to take a minute to talk about kind of recalibrating in the wake of COVID-19, right? We're not really past it, at least here in in the States where we're recording this in 2021. Um, So we're in the wake of COVID-19 where it's still out there, still impacting people and organizations and learning needs to kind of persist in this new environment for an unknown period of time. And so this episode, we're really going to dive into a couple of key things. And so this episode is all about kind of three main points. The first is how to analyze the current state of training in your organization. And then we're going to talk about and review strategies for shifting your organization's approach to learning. And then we're going to review tactics for setting more realistic expectations so that we can manage changes more effectively in the future. So let's dive into our first key point. All right, so in our first key point, we're talking about analysis, so analyzing uh, your learning solutions. And so we recommend starting with kind of a two-part question. The first is, what were we doing before? If your year was anything like mine, uh, it felt like a lifetime ago. And so it's important to kind of slow down and think about how were we approaching learning? What learning programs were we operating and how are we operating them? And uh, the second part of that question is, what, why did we do it that way, right? And, and this is kind of an interesting question because we may assume that you know everything was perfect before the pandemic and so we just need to go back to it. And that's usually not the case. And, and this is really an opportunity to think a little bit more critically about the programs that were in place and maybe some of the strengths and challenges with those programs and thinking about why did we approach learning from that perspective and uh, kind of think about it with a more critical lens. And then fast forward a little bit to what changes did we make? And it's important to look at that uh, and really slow down, right? Because if you made changes in a hasty manner, you may have completely overlooked maybe sections of content or key learning objectives. So 
So this again provides you with an opportunity to say, what did we change? Compare and contrast, look for things that, you know, maybe you intentionally left out for time, resources, whatever, or maybe things that you uh, kind of overlooked. And, and it gives you a chance to kind of catalog or notate those things and consider them for any future developments in those learning programs. And the next is, why do we make those changes? And, and there may be some important things to consider there is, let's say you didn't include an element of a learning program because there was a, a cost or a time constraint, you could reflect on that and say, do we now have more resources or do we have more time? In which case, we could probably reincorporate that element back into this learning program. And if not, then we probably need to figure out either a different way to train that particular element or we may need to you know, kind of shelf it until we can get additional resources. But uh, thinking about the changes that were made, why those changes were made, and, and thinking critically through that process can be equally helpful. And then there's two more questions that can help you kind of analyze your pre-pandemic and your you know, current learning solutions. And the first question is, what impact did those changes have? And this could be both a qualitative uh, impact or it could be a quantitative impact. And that leads into our second question, which is what does the data say? So if you're taking notes, mental or paper or otherwise, uh, this is probably one of the big things I'd, I'd want you to write down or, or kind of highlight is what does the data say? And organizations like ATD and others are really trying to uh, shift the profession a little bit into more of a data-driven approach to learning. And so one of the things I would both caution and challenge you to look at is what does the data say? And I wanna share just a, a quick example, something that I've experienced is, uh, you know, pre-pandemic, I was working with an organization and as that organization scaled, uh, we noticed the workforce was becoming more and more dispersed and, and there was an onboarding program that was in place that was being conducted kind of live in person, face to face. And uh, with the more dispersed workforce, uh, it didn't really make sense to do that live. There, there wasn't as much of a, you know, a return on the investment of time and facility expense and things like that. So we migrated to a virtual onboarding program. Well, initially the feedback to that was fairly negative from the trainers, from the learners, from the supervisors. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily that the training was less effective. Really the feedback was, hey, it doesn't feel the same or you know, we really enjoyed being in a classroom together. And those are all you know, noteworthy things you wanna be thinking about that. That's great qualitative feedback. But when we looked at the data, what we realized was that not only was it having the same impact, but over a 90 day period, employees going through the onboarding program actually had even better results when they transition into the real world, in this case, you know, a selling environment. And what we realized was by doing the training virtually from a store instead of an offsite location, they were able to come out of that virtual training, go onto the sales floor and actually get hands-on and practice the things they had just learned about in the classroom environment, or in this case, a virtual classroom environment. And that was kind of an unintended benefit of making this change. And so one of the things I, again, encourage and challenge you to do is look at that data and look at what is the, the results uh, say? Have results gone down? Have they improved? Have they remained the same? Um, when you're looking to make changes, whether that's incremental changes on top of what you've already done, or potentially you know trying to re revert back to things that you had done previously, always take a data-driven approach to that and, and go where the data leads you would be my biggest uh, caution and encouragement in this analyze phase. 
All right, so let's shift over to key point number two, which is actually shift. So uh, we're kind of taking the next evolution of this and we're gonna look at what we want to change. So based on the analysis we just did, what does the data show, the impact of all of these changes, what do we wanna change and why do we want to change it? And specifically, what you wanna look at is expected gains and advantages. And you wanna be able to provide evidence of quantifiable improvements 30, 60, 90 days, 12 months down the road that the changes you're going to make are gonna improve key business metrics. And if you don't think that they will, if it's just a you know feel good measure or it's gonna to lead to better surveys, things like that um, may not be worth doing. If you can't tie it to some sort of a you know tangible, quantifiable business metric, then you probably need to reevaluate if that's the right thing to be spending your time on and if that thing really needs to change. And kind of a caution in this section is it's very tempting to want to revert back to the way that things were. And where I challenge you is instead of reverting, you want to revamp. So don't revert revamp during this phase because it should be even better than it was pre-pandemic. So don't just go back to what was comfortable or what felt right. It needs to be better and take the best of what you're doing now, take the best of what you were doing before and create the best product possible. And as you're doing this, uh, you, you wanna avoid uh, swinging pendulum extremes, I call them. And you've probably heard the expression, right? The pendulum swung too far the other way. And, and that happens a lot in organizations. And with the pandemic, a lot of us swung the pendulum really hard toward digital and virtual. And there's maybe a temptation to swing all the way back to more in-person and live. And usually, right, somewhere in that middle ground is actually probably the right solution. Kind of that hybrid learning of some some virtual, some self-paced, some on the job, some in-person, some mentoring, some coaching, right? All of those different factors in that learning program. So you want to avoid that pendulum swinging too far the other way and take a more measured approach. And then kind of the big overarching thing as you go through this uh, analyze and shift is really keeping your learners in focus. And sometimes uh, I've been guilty of this in my career. We want to do things just because, you know, it's it's the new way to do it or it's this fun new technology. Right. And so we, we kind of jump into these you know different categories and try these new things uh, because it, it seems fun or interesting or exciting to us when it may not be in the best interest of our learners. And so as we're talking about making changes, um, you, you can kind of give your learners whiplash a little bit of, you know, hey, we went from live to 100% virtual back to 100% live. And so your learners don't quite know what to expect. And, and it leads to some unpredictability in the learning process, which is usually not a good thing. So keep your learners in focus as you attempt to shift. And instead of reverting, you want to revamp and uh, make sure you keep those learners top of mind. All right, so let's dive into our third key point, which is reset. And uh, this is kind of speaking to one of the, the elements of that challenge that came up during our community, our community question, which was, 
hey, I you know hastily did this and, and I may have set kind of a precedence with my senior leadership that you know we can do all these quick pivots and changes and um, that, that kind of becomes the new norm and maybe I've set some unrealistic expectations. So how do we kind of you know reset those expectations and, and reset uh, kind of how we do things as a department? So I want to talk briefly about uh, the learning design triangle and you've probably seen versions of this, a project management triangle triangle, um, you know, where it's got scope, time, resources. Um, you've probably heard of, you know, good, fast or cheap, pick two, right? So there's different versions of this. Uh, we call it the learning design triangle, which is time, resources, and impact. And I think it's important to uh, kind of have a, a conversation with your senior leaders in your organization or anybody that is helping drive learning initiatives and really help them understand that uh, the factors that impact your ability to conduct effective learning throughout your organization are time, so both development time and uh, kind of facilitation time. Uh, also resources, which could be anything from personnel to budget to software, right? Any any resources uh, that you'll need to accomplish those tasks. And then uh, impact. So what's the desired impact, right? We can slap a PowerPoint together and email it to you know 100 people, but that's not really going to drive behavior change. So if you want true impact, um, that's going to take more development time. It's going to take more resources. It's going to take you know greater commitment and buy-in as well. And so it's important to be thinking about all of those different things and, and really have that fairly transparent conversation about what you want learning to look like in the organization, and then match that up against the expectations and desires of senior leaders within your organization as well. But those can provide some great uh, talking points and we'll have more content on that learning design triangle in later episodes, but uh, important to introduce that here because that can be a helpful framework to discuss, you know, especially that learning impact portion of that triangle uh, with your leadership team. And then it's also, I think, important to discuss uh, tangible and intangible repercussions. And this can be on you. It could also be on uh, maybe members of a team. So if you are in a leadership position where you lead a you know talent development group within your organization, you want to be thinking about the impact that all of these sudden changes had on the people on your team. And that can be tangible things like overtime, or uh, could even be you know other tangible impacts outside of your team like software costs, right? Things like that. Uh, but then also intangible impacts to your group like mental health or burnout. So these are things that you want to be discussing and make sure that it's really clear what the tangible and intangible repercussions were of this sudden shift or this prolonged uh, way of doing things so that your leadership team uh, knows kind of what challenges you're facing and what the impact has been to your people. And then kind of the, the next key point here is uh, developing a change management strategy. So while I think we all hope, right, there's never going to be, you know, a pandemic like like we've experienced worldwide in, in the last year, uh, I do think it's important to identify opportunities for a change management strategy because there are going to be things that do happen, right? Hopefully not as uh, impactful as what we've come across, but uh, you do want to have a change management strategy. So when we do have to make a sudden shift in how we do learning, how are we going to plan that? How are we going to communicate that? Uh, what kind of resources do we need to be able to make a, a swift transition, right? Uh, and having a plan in place for, for those things is important. That way, uh, if something does come up, right, whether it's 
it's you know globally or just in your organization or even regionally within your organization, uh, how are you going to manage that and coming up with that change management strategy? Super important. And then kind of uh, the last thing is if, if uh, the COVID pandemic wasn't a big wake up call for this, um, then, then hopefully hearing it here on the podcast is it, it's important to develop your curriculum in a multi-modality framework. And what I mean by that is having kind of your core learning components, right? But being able to present them in different ways uh, through a self-paced learning, through a live instructor-led training, through a virtual instructor-led training, right? And, And thinking through, how do I take this same content and present it in multiple different ways in an impactful uh, method and and so using that multi-modality curriculum approach is going to give you the greatest flexibility whether it is uh, in response to a pandemic or if it's just in you know meeting the needs of your organization and so considering all future training initiatives from a multi-modality framework is going to help you uh, achieve maximum flexibility. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that it was both informative and impactful for you, especially if you have been wrestling with, hey, I made this hasty transition to virtual and digital or maybe set some unrealistic expectations about, uh, you know, kind of these quick changes and quick pivots. So we hope this episode helped you out. Uh, A couple of key things that we talked about is the importance of analyzing the pre-pandemic versus your current learning solutions, really looking at the data, um, really looking at how do we shift moving forward. So making sure we revamp instead of just reverting and tying those uh, changes to real business outcomes, avoiding those pendulum extremes and learner whiplash. And then we also talked about resetting, talking about the learning design triangle uh, with your leaders in your organization, looking at tangible and intangible repercussions and how these changes are going to help developing that change management strategy, and of course, developing that multi-modality curriculum. So that way you are future ready for any other unexpected things that pop up down the road. So that's it for today's episode. Like I said, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We want you to stay informed and inspired. You can do that by subscribing to our podcast on your podcast player of choice. You can also sign up for our newsletter, download show notes from this episode on our website, trainleadgrow.com. You can also book a call with us if you want to talk through maybe some challenges that your organization is having. We'd love to help you out. You can also follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Just look for us at Train, Lead, Grow. And uh, until next time, keep learning and leading. We'll talk to you soon.